Welcome to Healing Place Church, where our mission is to be a healing place for a hurting world. Listen each week for updated content and be sure to share with your friends. We hope this podcast is a blessing and a resource to you as you pursue God daily. If you have your Bible, I want to give you the title of this message. Uh, The title of this message is, It's on the Tip of Your Tongue. It's on the tip of your tongue. In James chapter 3, talks about our words and the power of our words and the potential of our words and the path of our words. But I have a confession to make to you this morning before we dive into the word. Uh, I am the worst at introducing people. And the reason why is because I always forget someone's name in the moment you're supposed to recall their name. Does anybody in here relate? Fantastic. I'm not alone. It's amazing. I will forget someone's name. I've been known them for years, and I'll just forget. I'll say, hey, meet my friend here. It's embarrassing. And particularly as a pastor, you know, and Pastor Mike, Pastor Mike is so smart. I'm telling you, this guy, I tell him all the time, he's like, no, I don't. I say, you have a photographic memory? No way. I'm like, yes, you do. He's so smart, and he remembers everybody's name. How many of you have noticed that? Anybody? Anybody? The rest of you know. He doesn't know your name yet. Um, but he will, and he will remember your name, and remember your spouse's name and your kid's name, and we'll be praying, and he'll be like, Lord, I just pray for Gina and Tommy and Becky and Dan and Owen and their little puppy, Thomas, and it's just like, How do you do that? I just say, Lord, bless that family. In the name of Jesus, you know who they are. (laughs) The pastor, Mike, he remembers everybody's name. And a a few years back, I was called upon to introduce this couple that was here on a Wednesday night for a conference. And their name was Larry and Gina Bean. Okay? Larry, like Larry Bird. I do name association, doesn't help me. Uh, Gina, don't know any Genas. Uh, and then beans, how I many know beans are healthy, everybody? Beans. So I get there and the whole day, Larry and Gina Bean. Larry and Gina Bean. Oh, church, we're so excited to have Larry and Gina Bean here with us tonight. I'm practicing the whole day. I'm rehearsing. They, they hand me the microphone on the way up as I'm about to open up service. And I'm like, Larry and Gina Bean. It was on the tip of my tongue. I, I had it. It was there. I get up and I go to introduce them. And I said, church, we are so excited tonight. We've got some special guests. We have Larry and I went blank. <laughs> Completely blank. And it seemed like eternity, it was only like a second, but how many of you know when you go blank, especially when you stand in front of over a thousand people, it's not a good moment. Let me just take my word for it. It's not a good moment. And I just, I went blank and I just said, we have Larry, and I kid you not, I said, we have Larry and the beans are here, everybody. (laughs) It's a VeggieTale episode. (laughs) Some of you think, oh, you preachers are exaggerating stuff. Our team actually has this on video. And I told him, I said, listen, the people don't want to see that. They don't want to see me be embarrassed. Anybody want to see it this morning? Anybody? Fantastic. Why don't you show the video, Larry and the Beans, everybody. Hey, we are so excited and honored to have Larry and the Beans here. They are here to worship with us and lead us. Come on, why don't we clap our hands and get ready to worship Jesus in this place. 
Their, their face is my favorite. They're like, this guy is not the sharpest crayon in the box. This is the best you got. It's on the tip of your tongue. James has a lot to say about the words that come out of our mouth. In fact, throughout scripture, this is the longest discourse. This is the longest section about the words that come out of our mouth in all the Bible. And James, he's a straight shooter. Man, this guy, he doesn't hold any punches back. He, he's not looking to make us feel butterflies in our stomach. How many of you have friends like that? They just step all over your toes. James is very direct, but he's very clear. And he's clear for a reason. Because he wants us to understand there is power in our words, there's potential in our words, and there's a path from which our words come from. James chapter 3, verse four, 1 through 4 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. Can we just pause right there? Because he goes on and says, For we who teach will be judged more strictly. How many of you glad you don't have the microphone this morning? Literally, James is saying if you preach, if you teach, you're going to be judged more strictly, not by man, but by God. Quickly, let me tell you why. Number one, when you preach God's word, you better get it right as it relates to biblical truth. It's not, hey, I'm going to preach what everybody wants to hear. I'm going to preach what everybody wants to feel. No, you've got to stay true to this word. You start preaching things that are opposed to Jesus being the way, that's called heresy. We're saved by grace. We're saved by Christ. It's not by works. I can't save myself. I am lost. I am dead in sin. You've got to preach accurately, James is saying. And then secondly, you got to live what you preach. This one might be even a little harder. Here I'm talking about the tongue today and your words today. If I preach one thing and say, hey, you need to be doing this. And then I go home and there's just sin coming out of my mouth. Guess who's going to be judged more strictly? Right here. It keeps on going. He says, for we, indeed, we all make many mistakes. For if we do not control our tongues, we would be perfect. If we could control, we'd be perfect and also control ourselves in every other way. Verse three, we can make large horses go wherever we want by the means of, watch this, a small bit, a small bit in its mouth. Verse four, and a small rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. James gives two analogies here. The first one is of a horse and a small bit in a horse's mouth. Did you know horses can weigh well over 1,000 pounds? Horses are massive. I mean, they're powerful animals. My, my wife grew up riding horses. She knows all about horses. I, I get scared to death around a horse. I'll just be honest with you. My dad, every single time we'd see a horse, we'd see a horse. He'd say, son, watch out. Don't let him kick you. Had a friend, got kicked, almost died. Thinking, my goodness, I'm getting away from this beast. Horses are strong. They're powerful, 1,000 pounds plus, run over 55 or right at 55 miles an hour. But James is saying something very clear and very pointed. This large beast can be directed by something very, very small. And as if he's to say, hey, if that one doesn't work for you, maybe you're not into horses, you don't like horses much. How about a ship? Same concept. A large ship, a large boat, it, it, it weighs a lot. It's got waves, it's got the wind coming against it, but a large ship can be directed by a very small rudder. What is James saying? James is saying, just like that small bit and just like that small rudder, our lives are directed by the words that come out of our mouth. 
I heard one preacher say it this way. We shape our words and our words shape us. And this is important for us this morning to understand that your words have power. The Bible says the power of life and death are in the tongue. And if we do not understand the power of your words, then we will not be good stewards of the words that come out of our mouth. And God's design, this is so cool. This is a revelation. God's design is he created it this way. He called this to be about himself. It's part of his, his ways. It's part of his patterns. And, and we see this when we spend time with God. And as you pray and you seek God and you read his word, you see this truth that his word always precedes action. His word goes forth and action follows. And we're made in the likeness of God. And the more you learn about God, the more you see this pattern. I, I've been married, me and my wife have been married for 14 years. Last service, I said 13. I got it wrong, everybody, but we're still married. She wasn't here. We lost a year. 14 years, and, and she knows me. How many of you married in here? You know your spouse? Okay. You learn each other. Like the first year, you kind of, ooh, didn't know that. Okay. Oh, I didn't, I'd never seen that before. Okay, that's cool. You didn't know you handled things that way. Uh, you start to learn. And I know my wife, like, and I'm not, a, I'm not a master. I just, I know how she thinks sometimes. I get it wrong sometimes, but I, I know how she, I know what makes her happy. I, I know what makes her sad. I know that she just, she has a heart. I mean, she has a heart for hurting people. Bethany has a heart for hurting people. She does. She just hurts for people. She loves people. I, I, I know that she loves adventures, my wife, I'm a planner. Any planners in the house? My wife is spontaneous. Hey, let's go to, go to the beach today. Baby, we don't have any money. <laughs> let's just do it anyway. She's spontaneous. She likes things like the pumpkin patch. God bless the pumpkin patch in Hammond, everybody. Been there for 11 years going. She loves it. I know it makes her tick. I, I know how to press her buttons. Anybody you have like a PhD in pressing your wife's buttons? Nobody. I've, I've learned her ways. I, I know my wife. Man, I love crunching ice. I start crunching ice in the car. I'm telling you, a demonic spirit jumps on her. So fast. Beelzebub. I know her. And when you start to discover God, you'll start to understand his ways. Will you know him perfectly? Absolutely not. Our God is infinite. Our God, his, his thoughts are higher than our thoughts. His ways are higher than our ways. We'll be in heaven for thousands of years and we still won't fully comprehend him. You do know that, right? But the ways of God, God leads with his word. Genesis. God created the heavens and the earth by doing what? By speaking it into existence. And God said, and it was. We could go throughout the entire scripture. I can give you just dozens of examples. I'll just give you a few. Abram, Genesis chapter 12. He comes to Abram, who later would be named Abraham. He says, I'm going to make you the father of a great nation. He spoke it before it came to pass. He went to Moses, Exodus chapter 3. And many of you know, if you're familiar with the Bible, that Moses was used to deliver God's people out of the slavery and the bondage of Egypt. And he goes to Moses, he said, Moses, in front of a burning bush, I'm calling you to be the savior of my people. What happened? His word preceded the action. 
Can I tell you that God desires for his word to still do the work? And the problem that we face as Christians is many times our words do not align with his words. We'll be speaking this and God will be speaking that. And I pray to God that today that there is an awakening in our spirit that we understand the power of his words. When we align our words with his, that the supernatural can take place. I'm telling you, it's on the tip of your tongue. Healing is on the tip of your tongue. Salvation for your family is on the tip of your tongue. Your marriage being restored, well, you don't know how bad it is. I'm telling you, it's on the tip of your tongue. Your kids who are straying away from God, it's on the tip of your tongue for God to show up in their life. There's power in your words. And God shows us this pattern. He shows us this example. And I love this in Isaiah chapter 55. Check out this scripture. It is the same way, this is God speaking with my word. I send it out and it always produces what? Fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to do. How many of you know God's word never fails? It will accomplish all I want it to do and it will prosper everywhere I send it. And again, when you take your words and you line them with God's, anything is possible. I'm not talking, hey, I want a million dollars and boom, you got a million dollars. Some of us, a million dollars would kill us. You know, better amen. Say, but I would like to try, Lord, just give me a try. Just test it out. But when we align what he says in his words with what God is saying in us, man, I'm telling you, mountains will be moved. You, you familiar with that passage in Matthew chapter 17 when Jesus says, oh, if you just have faith the size of what? A mustard seed. And I love that scripture, right? It's fantastic. And a mustard seed is small. And what's Jesus saying? He's saying, you don't even have to have big faith to do great things. You just have to have small little faith. And I hear sermons all the time. Oh, faith the size of a mustard seed. Mustard seed faith. You just need a little bit of faith. But the scripture does not stop there. He says, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, be removed and it shall be removed. What's Jesus saying? That the faith that's on the inside of you has to be verbalized outside of you. Anybody picking this up today? I'm telling you, this is true stuff. This isn't name it, claim it, all that. But this is true stuff that when you start to apply God's word in your life, power is released. Now I'm telling you, we live in a world, we need some power of God released. I need the power of God released in my homes. I, I need God to, to move in my children, in my children's life, in my marriage, in my work, in everything I do. But are we speaking what he has said? It's power in your words. Numbers chapter 13. There's 12 spies that are sent out. And they're sent out in, in this book, and they're supposed to go spy out the land. Y'all familiar with this? They go spy out the land, the promised land. God has said, I'm giving you this land. They go check it out. They're, they're for 40 days checking out the land. Wow, look at that city. Man, look at that place. This place really is, it's flowing with milk and honey. This place is amazing. The promise that God gave Abraham and that Moses is saying is gonna be ours. Look at this place. It is awesome. It is fantastic. They come back. Listen to this. The 12 come back and 10 of them said, it is exactly what we thought. It is amazing. It is phenomenal. But they said, there's no way we can conquer it, though. 
There's no way that we could go into these places. They, they're like giants compared to us. We're like grasshoppers compared to them. That's what the text says. It says they have these fortified cities and walls and their armies, the Midianites and the Canaanites, but they are strong and big and they start to speak something that's out of alignment with God's word. And then there's Joshua and Caleb. And this is what Caleb says. He says, then Caleb qu quieted the people before Moses. Sometimes you gotta quiet some voices around you. He said, be quiet. And this is what he says. He goes on and he says, and Caleb said to the people before Moses, let us go up at once and take possession of it, for we are well able to overcome it. 10 said, there ain't no way. Caleb and Joshua said, oh, there is a way. See, some of us, we got to get a little better at using the conjunction but in our language. We don't have to deny fact to be able to hold faith. But when you see fact and you see circumstances that they are not lining up with God's word, you better start saying, but my God is able to do it. Oh, man, I know I'm going through a hard season right now, and it looks like I'm being attacked on every single side, but I know my God's going to see me through. Let me give you some examples. Oh, man, my husband. Y'all pray for my husband. My wife, y'all pray for them. Man, I, I, they, they just not living for God. But my God is going to heal their life. But my God is going to do a work. He's a man of God. Some of you need to start declaring that over your husband. You don't know my husband. He ain't no man of God. Start speaking it over him. When he's sleeping and snoring at night, start saying he's a man of God. He's going to be strong like this snore and the thunder that's coming out of him. He's a man of God. Anoint him with oil. I don't care. Do something. He's a man of God. Speak that which God wants you to speak. Don't get stuck in the rut. Oh, man, my finances, Lord, have mercy. I'm never going to get out of this bond. No, my God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He is my provider and my sustainer. My God is able to do the impossible in my life. I know the giant is big, but my God is bigger. You got to get some spirit of God up inside of you that comes out of your mouth. I am preaching it. I appreciate that. But God, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Hadn't worked before. You got to get rid of that Eeyore spirit in your life. Y'all never knew Eeyore could be spiritual. They had them 10 guys. They had the Eeyore spirit on them before Eeyore even existed. Remember Eeyore? Another gloomy day. Why bother? I mean, it's not going to work out anyway. God couldn't use me. I've done too much. I don't have enough. But my God has more than enough. Get it coming out of you. Start declaring it out of you. I'm not saying just whatever you want to say. Start saying what his word says. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and not beneath. My God goes before me and behind me and beside me and all around me. I am blessed. My children are blessed. My grandkids are blessed. My marriage is blessed. Start saying something. You know, I just don't feel it. If you start saying it, maybe your feelings will follow. I'm getting fired up up here. I'm telling you, man, this is spiritual warfare.
You start declaring what he says, not just what you want, but what he says, you're going to see chains start to break. That's why worship's so important. You don't come in here and just, oh, here we go. Three songs, four songs. Joy's singing today. All right, that's awesome. She can sing. Just stay up there. We come in and we start declaring how big he is. Because I'm telling you, there's giants you and I are fighting every single day. There's problems we're fighting, and you don't have to deny the problems. If you're depressed, you're depressed. If you're lacking joy, you're lacking joy. You're not saying, oh, I'm good. I meet people, man, I talk to them, and I'm like, how you feeling? I'm great. And they just went through like five boxes of tissues. They're sneezing everywhere. I got a headache and a fever. Oh, I've never felt better. No, you're sick. <laughs> you got to be careful saying that these days, don't you? You're sick, and you know, but my God's my healer. You don't have to deny reality to hold on to faith. You just keep proclaiming who God is and what God is able to do. Come on, can you give him a shout of praise in here this morning? Second thing is this, is your words have potential. James chapter 3, verse 5 and 6 says this, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body. Again, you see the language, small. But it also makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. Again, words may seem small and insignificant, but they have a massive impact. The tongue is a fire. This is really encouraging. A world of evil among our parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets a whole course of one's life on fire, and it's so set on fire by hell. Amen for the reading of the word, everyone. What's James saying? Another analogy. Small words can bring destruction. And all of us in here, you've lived long enough, you know that words matter. You know that your life can be impacted in a negative way by a word that's spoken over you. In fact, in my life, for three years when I was in high school, someone's words over me got me in a rut that I had a hard time getting out of because they were speaking death over my life. And it became my identity. You gotta shake off, and I know it's hard, you got to shake off the words that people speak over you that are not found in that book. Somebody says, you're not good enough. You're not going to make it. You're not going to mount to anything. You're always going to be a failure. You're always going to be addicted. you got to shake it off. Who knew Taylor Swift was inspired by God? Some of y'all get that later. you got to shake it off. you got to understand that what you say to other people it matters. How you talk to your spouse, how you talk to your kids, how you talk to people you work with, how you talk to your boss and your employees, how you talk to people that you go to church with, it matters because there's potential in it. And James is highlighting the destruction, but I'm telling you there's also resurrection in them. You can speak words of life over somebody and it changes them. It calls something out of them. I love what the scripture says in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21. It says, words kill, words give life. They're either poison or they're fruit. You choose. How many think fruit sounds a little better than poison? You choose what comes out of your mouth. What are you speaking? And our, our issue in our day we live in, people are more committed to their position than they are to people. And you can have your position. You can stand your ground. But as a Christian, you do not have the liberty to speak death over people. I don't care if they're lost as lost can be. 
and they're going the opposite way God wants them to go, it's the kindness of God that leads to repentance, not the anger of man. It's not pointing fingers, not saying, well, they had what they had coming. Here it comes. No, we love people. We speak life. And the, the scariest thing is we oftentimes use our words the most harshest to those that we should be showing love to the most. I, I'm so thankful for my parents. I, I texted them the other day. It was their 52nd anniversary. I texted them. I said, listen, I have not one day in my life. I can't say this about myself with my kids. I, I'm still a work in progress. Not one day in my life do I remember feeling like they didn't love me or they weren't proud of me. Because every single day they spoke it and they showed it. Every day. That's a big deal. That's a huge deal. You and I have the ability to do that in someone else's life. Tell people you love them. Tell people you believe in God's calling on their life. Tell people that God can use them. Tell people, find the gifts in their life and call it out of them. Tell them, hey, you do great at this. Man, when you did that, that was fantastic. And, and this is the cr craziest thing to me. People will say, well, I don't want to encourage too much because they might get the big head. Y'all ever heard people say that? Y'all said that? <laughs> I don't want, no, 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 I can't say, they're going to get the big head. They're going to think they're all that. They're going to think they're just awesome. Can I tell you the problem in our world is not people thinking they're awesome. The problem is people are depressed, people have fear, people have anxiety, people have insecurity. That's the problem in our world. Because a generation is growing up and all they hear is discouraging words. There's no problem pointing out problems, but I'm telling you, you better match it sevenfold with affirmations. You better say, hey, I see this in you. Correction gives direction. Come on, that was inspired by Pastor Mike right there. It gives direction, the rhyme is on me. It gives direction. But you need to affirm, 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 affirm. Call it out of your kids. My son Elijah, I say to him, Elijah, you're anointed by God. You're an influencer. You're a leader. And I say it to him, and sometimes he's just shaking his head. He don't want to hear it, but I say it anyway. You're a leader. What am I doing? I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying over him. I say to Judah, Say, Judah, God has given you a spirit of kindness. He's given you a spirit that's just gentle, and God's going to use that in your life. I, I, my third is my girl. Thank God I have a girl, everybody. I say, Alan, what's your middle name? And she says, it's joy. I said, the joy of the Lord is your strength. You have the ability to walk in environments, and you light it up with joy. You have a spirit on you that brings encouragement to people because the joy of the Lord is on you. And then Samuel, number four, the caboose. He's one years old. He has no idea what I'm saying to him. I say, Samuel, you're going to be anointed like the prophet Samuel, who was a prophet, a priest, and a judge. You're not going to just have one gift on your life. You're going to have multiple gifts on your life. He just stares at me like, what are you talking about? But what am I doing? I'm declaring over their life potential for their life. Stop speaking death. Start speaking life. Don't hand people poison and say, good luck. Hand them some fruit and watch God use them. Come on, can you make some noise for Jesus in here today? Clap like you believe it, man. Come on. What if this church was known for a church that speaks healing instead of death over the community? Well, Baton Rouge never changed. No, it's going to change because my God is doing the work. Come on, then we speak it in our lives. Share this story quick. I, in college, I had this teacher 
and I went to a Christian liberal arts university. I had this teacher in, um, his name is Dr. Effler. He was from California. He was a different dude, a little eccentric. Um, and he, he had this guy come in, and, and this guy, he, he moved to the prophetic. And this was not a normal thing for school. Uh, but this day, this guy shows up, and this guy's like a towering figure. He, he's just big, and he's like got this long, curly hair. He's dark skin. His eyes are like piercing. And his forearms, I'll never forget, his forearms were so hairy. Like, I have hairy forearms. This one guy called me Pastor Esau because I have hairy forearms. This guy... His forearms were so hairy, you couldn't even see his forearms. It was just like fur. And, and he came in, and he was like, he was serious. And I do believe in the gift of prophecy. Amen. Two other people. Paul says, above all gifts, seek after that gift so the power of God will be revealed. And so this guy starts to prophesy over people. I'll never forget it. He's sitting there, he's standing there, and I'm sitting in the back like every good student does. And, and he's sitting there, he's standing there, and he says, he points out to this girl, and he says, come here, you, Blondie. I'll never forget, he called her Blondie. It's like, that's intimidating. Come here. And she comes up, and he said this. He said, God, he's going to heal your heart. Your heart is of stone right now because of things that you've gone through, but God is going to bring healing. At that moment, I'm thinking, get me out of here. I'm serious. You ever been around somebody that starts doing that kind of stuff? They're like calling out everything, not just, hey, God bless you. They start saying things that's in your life. I'm like, Lord, in the name of Jesus, cause the rapture to happen right now. <laughs> right now. And I'm sitting there in the back of the room, and I'm watching the clock, and he's doing the same thing. He'd call people up, and he'd say, he'd like give a correction, and then he would start to prophesy the power of God on their life. And this is real, man. And I am scared as a cat. There was a window behind me. I was on the, on the third story. I, I contemplated jumping out as I did not want this guy to call me out. And, and he, he, he got to the end. I thought, oh, thank you, Jesus. The prayers of the righteous availeth much. But he says, hold on. There's one more. I kid you not. He said, there's one more. And I knew at that moment, oh, no, it's me. And he goes, you. <laughs> and he points to me, and I'm thinking, no one's behind me. It's me. And I come up there, and I'm thinking, oh, gosh, this is, oh, man, what's he going to say? Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. God, I'm sorry for any thought, any word, anything I've done. Cleanse me, Lord. Cast it as far as the east is from the west, and you recall it no more. God, forgive me. I'm kidding. I, I'm not kidding. I just said that over and over. And I come up there, and he, he said something to me. He said, the Lord is going to give you that which you have asked for him the most. I thought, man, this guy's really stepping out of the limb. If you tell somebody he's going to give you what you've asked for the most, I mean, you know, you don't have many options. And all my life, my mom and dad, they just always say, pray for wisdom, pray for wisdom, pray for wisdom, pray for wisdom. So I just always pray for wisdom. Didn't even know for sure what I was praying for, but I just prayed for wisdom. And he said, the Lord is going to give you godly wisdom. At that moment, I knew everything that was about to come out of his mouth was from God. He then proceeded to prophesy over me. He was speaking to the potential of my future, things that God was going to do in my life, things that he had no clue of knowing that I was called to do and desired to do, that God was going to do over my life. Can I tell you, that word of potential and that word of prophecy got me through many years where I saw nothing happen, but I kept standing on the word of God, declaring the word of God, Lord, I don't see it right now, but I'm believing it right now that your word is going to come to pass. What are you saying over people? What are you declaring over your own life? What are you saying in your family? The final thing is this, is the path of your words.
James 3, verse 7 through 12, people can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is a restless, it is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Verse 9, sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who are made in the image of God. And so blessings and curses come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out of both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, you cannot draw fresh water from salty springs. You think, what is James saying here? This seems hopeless. You can tame all these animals, but as a human, you can't tame that tongue. You can't control it. And in fact, the other day I was on Instagram and I was watching this guy from South Africa and he had like all these lions around him. He's petting the lions. These things are beautiful. He's just petting them. He had a cheetah. He had hyenas with him. I mean, you know, you got to have a lot of faith to have hyenas with you. He, he had tamed these things. And James is saying, you have a better chance at taming wild beasts than you do your tongue. And that's pretty depressing. Right? I mean, that's not like, go out, conquer the land. That's pretty depressing. But there's a key that James is getting to. There's a point that he is making. Man cannot tame the tongue, but the one who created it can. And he says, should a spring have both fresh and bitter water from it? Absolutely not. And springs throughout scripture, listen to this, was always a sign of the source. And James is saying, if you want the power of the Holy Spirit to control your tongue, then you've got to allow the power of the Holy Spirit on the inside of your life. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. James isn't saying, hey, there's no chance for you. James is saying, there's no chance in your own power. But when God gets involved, when the Holy Spirit gets involved in your life, he can transform you on the inside all the way out. I wonder, Healing Place Church, will we allow the Holy Spirit to do a work on the inside of us so it transforms what comes out of us and that we see life and fruit in everything that we say and that God's favor and blessings follow because we are aligning our words with God's word. It will change your life. But when God starts to search him, He'll find some stuff. And I say with, with sensitivity, if you have bitterness in here, it will come out of here. If you have unforgiveness in here, it will flow from here. If you've got hatred and anger, if you have jealousy, if you have prejudice, you have racism in here, it will come out of here. But God, the great healer, the great physician, the savior of the world, if you allow his Holy Spirit, the blood of Jesus Christ to do a work on the inside of you, it will transform and change what comes out of you. And I see a group of people in here and all of us fall short and all of us fail. But God does his greatest work through vessels that are incapable.
He does masterful work through individuals who say, I can't, but God, I know you can. Would you allow the Holy Spirit to change the way that you think? Change your heart, change my heart, God, so that my words follow and that there's power, that there's potential, that healing comes out and that God uses the tongue of man to bring about the glory of himself. Our God can do it. Thank you for listening. Take a moment and subscribe so you can become a part of the community here and stay up to date with what is happening at Healing Place Church. For more information about HPC, visit healingplacechurch.org.